The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Welcome to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk in partnership with TheChairShot.com, presented by the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network and in association with NDPW.com. Turnbuckle Talk is sponsored by CollarAndElbowBrand.com, where you get 10% off when using promo code JKPODCAST. Turnbuckle Talk is also partnered with Phoenix at FNXFit.com, where you get 15% off all your health supplements simply by using promo code TBTalkPod. Follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TBTalkPod. Listen on Podbeam, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere you catch your favorite programs. And now, pro wrestling fanatics, are you ready? Here are your hosts, Big Joe. And Carl Carafel. All right, guys. Mighty Joe Morin here back on Turnbuckle Talk, episode 195. And, of course, as usual, I have my cohort, my partner in crime, my brother, Mr. Carl Carafel. How are you doing, sir? I am I am well. Um, yeah, living day by day, uh, one day at a time, uh, just kicking it. That's about it. Yeah, here, here in the, for those who are not aware, here in Ontario, uh, the cases have been climbing of the COVID and we're uh, definitely on our way to being in code red, as they like to call it, and uh, uh, likely a possible shutdown. But uh, we'll see. I mean, uh, in the meantime, you know, we do still have some uh, wrestling to talk about and uh, lots of other stuff. So to kind of escape from reality here a little bit. Uh, and joining us, returning guest, Mr. Spencer Love. Welcome back to Turnbuckle Talk, sir. Thanks for having me, guys. It's a blast. It's uh, Carl. Great to be back here with you again. I think it's my third appearance now here, so I'm always happy to be here. It's always great to talk wrestling with you guys, especially considering that, like you said, over in Alberta, there ain't much else to do otherwise anyways right now, but good to be back. Excited to be back the next time, too. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I'm sure you will definitely uh, become uh, a regular here. So the first thing I wanted to uh, to get at before we get to the bulk of the actual wrestling topics here, I'll pull up the graphic here, and we're talking about episode 200 of Turnbuckle Talk. We are five episodes away from 200. Carl, this is a pretty big deal, man. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, this is something that uh, not a lot of other podcasters, video casters, whatever you want to, media, whatever, <laughs> yeah. uh, not a lot actually get to this type of a milestone. A lot of them uh, seem to just kind of drop out or uh, just fizzle away and uh, not get to a point where they can say that they have reached 200 episodes. And it's freaking fantastic. It feels great. Yeah, I, I think that there is another. I normally wouldn't do this, but just to, to briefly mention, I think there are, yeah, I think two other podcasts out there called Turnbuckle Talk, and I think there's one called Turnbuckle Talk Radio. I'm not giving them a plug by any means, but I think they did like a handful of episodes and then disappeared. But we are still here. That's right, we are since and, 2015. 
keep strong. Yeah, man. And um, for the, the 200th episode, it is going to be happening on January 4th. So our first episode of the new year is going to be our 200th episode. Uh, we didn't plan it. It just kind of happened that way. But we have something pretty big planned. Um, lining up uh, so far, we have confirmed Mr. Michael Jargo from Destino from Hitting the Marks. Uh, Mr. Richard Bronson Vickery will most likely definitely be here. And I'm working on having uh, Mr. Ryan K. Bowman as well and yourself. And that might be all we could get. That, that's I'm not sure how many we can fit on StreamYard here. Maybe we can fit one or two more. We'll see if we can add some more as we get closer to the date. And just so that everybody knows, that episode is probably going to be a bit longer than the typical. It's going to be a big love-in, pretty much. Or just over an hour. <laughs> it could be, yeah. uh, you know, more close to like two Two and a half hours, just so that everybody knows and is ready for that. Oh, yeah. I mean, when we just get you and I and one of these other guys on, it likely goes for an hour longer. So just imagine with all of us, it's definitely going to go a little bit long. If it goes too long, we might have to break up into parts. But you know what? When you listen to a podcast forum, you can pause and you can resume anytime on the devices you listen to. So we'll see what uh, what uh, is going to happen there with that. But uh, yeah. So what do you think, Spencer? 200 episodes. I was going to ask, like, you guys say 2015, that's pretty well weekly, and that's absolutely nuts for me even, too, because, like, my old podcast and the podcast that I did even prior to that, like, I did weekly, I tried to even do bi-weekly with one of them, and, like, Mm -hmm. man, it's it's effort. Congratulations to the (laughs) both of you. I'm psyched for it. It's been, uh, I haven't tuned into all 200 quite yet, but at least the last year or so. Let's give it give or take 50. I've enjoyed 50. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's technically more than 200 because, of course, uh, for those who follow us for a while before getting into the podcast realm, we did do internet radio. So and I don't even know how many episodes of that we did. So technically, we've, we've already really surpassed that if you want to just put us under just turnbuckle talk. But yeah, man, it, it's, it's it's crazy. It's I think we missed maybe one or two weeks at the very most due to illness or some personal issues. But I mean, we just, we kept, trucking and going forward and uh consistency has been uh the name of our game here yeah so yeah it's been uh, it's been quite the journey here guys since we have three canadians uh, in the house here today the bulk of the the topics are going to i would say a good portion of them are going to be uh, canadian related here and we're going to start off we're gonna journey over to toronto and we're going to talk about the old rogers center um site of WrestleMania six for those who uh, remember. And it looks like the stadium may be going away, guys. Uh, Spencer, what do you think about uh, the possible death, uh, the demolish of uh, you know, the Rogers Center? It, it, it's interesting on our end because, again, being based in Edmonton, I think it was 2017, uh, the Rogers place opened here mm-hmm. and Rexall placed the uh, former home of the Edmonton Oilers sort of shut down and started to wind down uh down there there's plans to demolish now this year actually oddly enough or at least there were um so sort of going through the own personal death i guess of my childhood uh arena recently mm-hmm. number one like the nostalgia is real like don't get me wrong if you're a blue jays fan if you're a huge wrestling fan from back in the day you watch wrestlemania 6 live that sort of thing of it i understand why this would be completely heartbreaking yeah but um you know, I have no idea what they're planning on putting in. I have no idea on anything on that end of things. But for me, I've never been like a huge arena guy outside of if you do have like that personal connection. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like for lack of a better way to put it, um, I've got no emotional connection to say the Pittsburgh Penguins old arena <laughs> or like Nassau Coliseum or yeah. anything along those lines. So um 
for me, I'm sort of just excited to see what comes next. I'm sad for anybody who does have that emotional connection to it, but it'll be cool to see what happens next. Hopefully they do build another stadium or something comparable because then you maybe get the opportunity at another WrestleMania or another SummerSlam like you saw a couple of years ago uh, back in Toronto again. And the more live wrestling you can bring to Canada, the better in my opinion. Have you ever been to the, the Rogers Centre or formerly known as the Skydome? I have not, actually. The okay. only time that I actually had the opportunity, I've been to Toronto twice. Yeah. Um, and then the first time I was down there, oddly <laughs> enough, I was either given the choice to go to a Toronto Blue Jays, I think it was spring camp or something along those lines, uh, or go and see Mamma Mia, the live stage performance. <laughs> and as an ABBA fan, let me tell you, man, Mamma Mia is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so you went with Mamma Mia. All right. Um, I did. And, and I am not ashamed to say it whatsoever. But like as far as baseball goes, I'm not a big baseball guy, but yeah. I've got my soft spot for the Canadian teams. I yes. am a Blue Jays fan if somebody's pressed for me. So if I get the opportunity to go you know, even just for a tour or something like that at some point, why not before it closes? Absolutely. Carl, have you ever uh, had the chance, I know you've been down to Toronto a handful of times, have you ever had a chance to uh, set foot in this uh, stadium? That one? No. No, no. Um, I believe it was the Air Canada Centre that WrestleMania was at. Uh, SummerSlam. Or not WrestleMania, sorry, SummerSlam. Yep. Um, so that's the only one that I've been in, mm -hmm. in, in Toronto. Uh, so yeah, that, that one, I, you know what? He's thinking, he's thinking mm -hmm. he might've been there. No, no, no. I believe our grade eight graduation trip, we went down to Toronto. We were supposed to go oh, yeah, yeah. in and we didn't get the chance to. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I remember because I wasn't allowed to go because my stepdad figured that the bus was going to crash. We were all going to die on the way down. So I didn't get to go. So dark, <laughs> right? <laughs> but uh, I, I've actually been to because um, I lived in Toronto for um, for a few years and had the chance to go a handful of times. I've been to some Jays games. Uh, had a chance to go to that big UFC show they had planned there, but uh, the seats for that sold out very very quickly. So I didn't get a chance to meet uh, to go there. Uh, but yeah, but I mean, even when the stadium was built, shortly after, I mean, it was pretty much deemed obsolete the day that uh, it was uh, finally built and um, has just been kind of hanging in there. Uh, I'm hoping that, I mean, and they have the space here to make a really high capacity stadium. I mean, it's, it's a pretty good choice chunk of land there. Uh, you could really make this a big uh, Canadian landmark if they really wanted to do so. Like, I mean, something that can hold like a hundred thousand plus. They definitely could. And I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, it's right beside another Canadian landmark, yep. the CN Tower. Absolutely. Like it's, it's <laughs> right there. Yeah. You know, like they have uh, huge world of opportunities yep. to be able to do a huge multiplex type of yep. uh, facility where they can house baseball, they can do, you know, hockey, they could do soccer, they could do anything that they want to be able to do, include a hotel as well, yep. you know, like have everything, conference centers, whatever, a one-stop shop, all being towered over you by the CN Tower. Yeah. Like, how epic is that? Well, I've yeah. been there in the summertime for a Jays game, you know, when it was a nice day and the roof was open. I mean, it's quite the view because uh, you, you can see the CN Tower and you can see the other buildings around it. It's it's a sight to behold. And uh, it is going to be kind of sad to see it go away. I mean, it doesn't quite have the, the nostalgia or the... Um, 
you know, the fond memories of say like the, the Maple Leaf Gardens or something like that. But I mean, uh, I mean, the Sky Dome was a pretty big deal for quite a while. And uh, I'm just hoping that something big can take its place. Having said that, though, keeping in mind the, the day and age that we're living in, that's, it's going to be a bit of a tough sell. I mean, I mean, how long until we can actually get fans uh, in a large capacity all in one place again? So I think that that could factor into the decision as well. So having said that, I mean, this decision could end up being delayed um, to just kind of, you know, to just sit tight until you know things get back to normal, and then you know maybe we can then we can bulldozer down to the ground and start new again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I think that that's how it's going to go. So we'll we'll, uh, we'll see. It will be sad to see that that place go because, like I said, being there in person was pretty damn cool. So, uh, what are we'll, what are your thoughts on that, Spencer? Yeah, it's worked really well in Edmonton. I think Carl, you hit the nail on the head. You know, if you get you, you get the hotel attached, you get sort of yeah. those extra amenities where you can bring in, you know, make it more of a tourist destination rather than just a sports center. Um, I, I think you not only revitalize that area, but like you say. Uh, CN towers right beside it. You get sort of more tourists in on, on those aspects of things. There's money to be made. There really, really is money to be made. And if it worked well in Edmonton, I'd have to hazard a guess it would work well in, in what many people see as the center of Canada, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it would just be really cool uh, to have it as a wrestling venue as well, especially if you can uh, build a high capacity stadium there. I mean, People want to go and visit Toronto, and if you can put on a big wrestling show, people will want to go to it. Oh, yeah, and try and tell me that Toronto and Canadian crowds overall aren't, like, the hottest crowds in the world by my money. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, well, let's fast forward a little bit here. We're going to be talking about something that's actually going to be happening in the new year, but when it comes to this particular... um, show we we tend to kind of start early with the predictions here and i'm going to pull it up and we're of course talking about the royal rumble that's going to be happening uh in the new year um i figured you know since we have the three of us here we could sit down and kind of give some early predictions on royal rumble winners um Mm -hmm. right off the top i'm going to say that it's probably pretty safe to say here guys that we're probably not going to see really much in the way of surprise entrance uh with this time given um the coronavirus right correct I would almost disagree with that, to be okay. honest with you. I think it. I think at a time where, um, A, I'm not even 100% sure that they'll have no fans there. They are moving over to Tropicana Field. It's true. If not for the next, uh, the next SmackDown, then a couple of weeks from now at the very most, mm-hmm. you can fit fans in there in some sort of socially distanced capacity. And if you can, then you know that WWE is going to take that opportunity up. As I think any business would, it's not a shot at WWE or anything like that. Um, If you've got fans in the stadium and you're still looking to bring eyes to a product when most people are stuck indoors, especially after Christmas where people don't really have the money to travel or whatever it may be outside of sort of watch whatever pay-per-views are coming up on TV or the network, I think that you've got a really, really cool opportunity to bring back a couple of big surprise names or maybe some names that you haven't seen around in a while. Um, I'll let you guys start here because if I keep going anymore, I, I might ruin my predictions. <laughs> no worries. Um, but yeah, I could definitely see, uh, the being able to say maybe like a Cena or a rock, uh, it would be nice to see at least one of those two guys, uh, to make it and obviously not in a winning capacity, but to, to just come in, you know, and, um, 
cause a ruckus and then leave. Uh, that's always a cool thing to, to kind of see. So um, let's start with you, Carl. Uh, let's uh, go around the table here. Let's start on the men's side of things. Um, I mean, we don't really have a lineup or anything like that, but uh, so this is your purely early predictions here. Who uh, do you see winning the men's rumble coming up this year? Well, I'm, I'm going to give two predictions. Okay. Um, first one is going to be Otis. Ooh, interesting. We're going to see Otis win simply because of all the crap that he's had to go through and endure with the whole, you know, Mandy Rose and and then uh, losing the money in the bank contract. And then what we're probably going to see is the Miz cash in, the Miz win the belt, Otis come in with the Rumble win and go, you know, that's mine now. And he's going to, you know, probably go and lose, obviously. (laughs) Um, As much as I would love to see Otis with that, yeah. Just for the pure comedy factor for a little bit would be fantastic. But we all know that that probably is not going to happen. Uh, my other person for that would probably be Adam Cole, baby. Uh, bring up the entire faction because the WWE seems to be on this faction kick right now. And you bring up the entire faction, but you have Adam Cole enter the Rumble and win the Royal Rumble to start that entire um, undisputed era that they've done down in NXT. And now bringing it up to the main roster and kind of running the exact same thing because we all know that a lot of the diehard, uh, you know, WWE, that's it fans, they're just Raw and SmackDown. They're still not even watching a lot of NXT. So if they're not watching NXT, they haven't seen this entire Adam Cole thing and the Undisputed Era and them running rampant and roughshod over the entire company right so interesting th- yeah that's my ideas interesting what about you spencer uh how about a, a a dark horse pick and then who you think will actually take it? i have a feeling we might have a clean sweep on the uh, the actual winner though maybe you know i i had adam cole on my short list i think that he'd yeah. be a fantastic choice i really do see the rumble and I know that later on here I'm going to contradict myself, but I really do see the Rumble as one of the best opportunities in WWE's sort of yearly schedule to really make a new star. You know, there aren't a lot of opportunities you do have to do that. Very rarely do you see a brand new talent enter a WWE championship match right off the bat or get that premier spot, say, against The Undertaker. Something like that hasn't really happened since even Bray Wyatt. I think at 31 was really the only sort of new talent you saw step into that spot. So I I really do think that Cole would be a great choice. He would really be, I don't want to even say a surprise choice, but based on just what I said, like I think it would be surprising, like you say, to a lot of those fans who do only watch Raw, do only watch SmackDown. Um, the couple of names that I've got sort of, and I think one is really more of a dark horse now that you see where you may be going on, uh, on SmackDown right now. I think a lot of people have said that Big E could win it this year. Mm. I firmly buy into that. I think the guy's a hell of a talent after what Kofi did last year. I think a lot more people can buy it or sorry, two years ago. Um, a lot of people would be behind that run if Kofi can do it. And this is just my personal opinion. I just like Big E more than Kofi. That ain't anything against Kofi. I just really love me some Big E. So I think he could be a great winner. The guy that I've got pegged to win, and with the caveat that uh, the Reigns-Rock match doesn't happen this year, which with COVID-19 still going on, still potentially being a a factor at that point, is 50-50. 
wouldn't there be a would there be a better winner than Brock Lesnar this year? I think that Brock comes back. You talk about a surprise winner. He hasn't <laughs> been seen since uh, uh, WrestleMania 36. Having Paul Heyman be involved as part of that, I think that you could run Brock Lesnar as an effective babyface if you had sort of those um, sort of criticisms taken away in the sense that, oh, he's only part-time. Well, the solution there is whatever the money takes, have Brock Lesnar work every week, have him work the babyface role, have him going up against Paul Heyman. I think that that's a match that a lot of people would buy into. There's a lot of history there, obviously, between Reigns and Brock. Would people want to see it again? I really don't know because, you know, I'm, I'm definitely biased in my take of it. I think that they've been bangers pretty well every time with the exception of that cage match in Saudi Arabia. That was the yeah. only um, sort of weak point, in my opinion. But running it back with the alignments flipped... WWE has proven time and time and time again that when you have that character change, when you have that impetus for a, a rematch, you can pull it off effectively. So I think Brock entering at number 30 would be huge. He's shown that he can pull off sort of the surprise win. You saw it in Money in the Bank a couple of years ago as well. And people got behind him because, again, you saw a different side of Brock Lesnar. Brock hasn't been a babyface since... <laughs> Shit, at, at, at least his initial run. I couldn't give you a year, but yep. he really hasn't since. And I think it would be a really cool opportunity to, again, try something new, try something with a big name who, in my opinion, if he came back and he sort of worked the same role, great. I'm a big Brock Lesnar fan as is. But coming in, trying something new and going up, you know, it's such a cliche, cliche phrase, excuse me, but um, going up against authority and up against the tribal chief to see who really is the Badass of WWE again, cliches be damned. I think that'd be cool as hell. Um, do you want me to go on the women's side or Joe? Let's hear from you first, I guess. We'll go to the women's side, uh, shortly. But, uh, for, for myself here, it's interesting because, uh, I like, I like Carl's, uh, picks, uh, especially like his main pick. And it turns out you had essentially the same one, Spencer. And like I kind of hinted at, it's gonna be a kind of a clean sweep. Uh, to who I think is actually going to win the Royal Rumble this year is Adam Cole. I think you you strap a rocket to that man and you shoot him all the way to the top. Uh, I mean, he, he just has that younger Shawn Michaels feel to him that where he could be a big, in either role, you could either have a bad guy or as a good guy, and he could be your, your, your main guy. With a dark horse pick, normally when somebody else would give a pick that I had originally thought in my mind, I would change it. But I have to agree with Spencer. I think that Brock Lesnar coming back, I think in that number 30 role, especially given that his friend Paul Heyman has now aligned himself with Roman Reigns. I mean, just the storyline writes itself here, guys. So having Brock come in to do that. and, and But what I see happening, I, I would see Brock winning, but I would not see it be a straight-up match between Roman and Brock. I think they would find some way to include uh, Mac, Drew McIntyre in that, and I think we see a triple threat at WrestleMania. Cool. Very cool idea. So uh, th th that's how I kind of see it going. I, like I said, Adam Cole, um, he's somebody that, that they they're, they're, they need to make full use of him. They're, they've done well with him so far. Coming to the main roster is usually sometimes bad for some of these NXT guys. But, I mean, dude, if they if they mess up Adam Cole, then it's then I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I'm, I'm done. Right? There so, truly is no hope. So, um, <laughs> all right, let's switch over to the women's side because I think this one is interesting as well. And uh, I'm going to let you uh, start here, Carl. Uh, give a dark horse pick and who you see actually winning this thing. 
Well, who I actually see winning, I will do that one first. We're looking Bailey. The WWE still seems to be on this very big kick of just three or four different women that uh, are being showcased within the company. Um, we've seen everything happening with Bailey and Sasha, and that just seems to be continuing. So I think we're probably going to see the uh, actual winner as Bailey. Um, Dark Horse pick, we're talking Lana. Oh, God. Considering everything that has happened with Lana over these last few, uh, what, 10, 12 weeks? Lana is the best. <laughs> her going he through the tables. Exactly. Wow. Going through those tables uh, with Nia Jax, uh, getting all the flack from uh, Nia and Shayna Baszler, and then to come into the Survivor Series and be that lone survivor kind of gives that little bit of an impression that, hey, she could do this. And there we go. A dark horse pick being Lana. Yep. Hey, storyline-wise, it makes sense. I'm glad you didn't say Nia Jax because I wasn't meant to pretend like I never knew you uh, for picking her <laughs> to win this whole thing. But uh, anyways, Spencer, who do, you, who, do you, who do you have as a dark horse and who do you see actually win in the, uh, the Women's Royal Rumble? I love the pick of Lana. I'm just going to throw that one sense. out there right off the bat. It makes well, sense. And to be honest with you guys, like if you haven't watched the documentary, the uh, behind the scenes that they did on her that they just put out right after Survivor Series, absolutely fantastic, as as they all are. Let's get real here. Yeah. WWE does a great job on their docs. But that's neither here nor there. Um, my dark horse I've got is Bianca Belair, and I think a lot of people have her pegged as a winner this year. Oddly enough, Carl, like, the reason that I'm not picking her is because – I don't think your winner is going to win either in the nicest way possible. I think they're starting to build up to a Bianca and Bailey feud. And to be honest with you, I think that Bailey's name, as with all the four horsewomen, her name carries enough weight that you can do something like that without a title or without something like a stipulation involved, at least off the bat. Whether they wrestle at TLC, whether they have their first match at the Rumble, I think that you're going to see uh, a continuation of that. Maybe they meet in the Rumble, but I could see them uh, eliminating each other as part of that. Or again, there's there's going to be something there in my opinion. So interesting. I've got Bianca as a dark horse because I think that she would be a great choice to win. I think she's probably on everybody's shortlist, if not as their winner going into it. Um, my winner this year uh, is, again, it falls into that. Let's bring back somebody. Let's shock the people. Let's bring in somebody before WrestleMania. But uh, as opposed to Lesnar, it's somebody who's been gone for a bit that maybe is going to be elevated by this as opposed to be the big name coming back. I've got Sonya Deville as my winner, and I've had her pegged since, since SummerSlam last year. Um, of course, this is all pending that the personal stuff that I'm not going to get into is all cleared up because, like, man, if there's any reason to leave any job, taking care of your personal safety is number F and one as far as I'm concerned. So yes. um, if, if there is the desire, if there is the willingness to come back, I think she, again, would be a perfect person to, at the very least, return at number 30 and get that big surprise pop. But I think she'd be someone who was doing such great work before Mania, heading into that feud with Mandy Rose, subsequently going into SummerSlam, the Loser Leaves Town match. She was just lights out for the better part of a year and a half. Yep. And if you give her that big return, you really shock the people. I say this all with, you know, at least on my end, I haven't heard any rumors of her coming back or anything like that. It would be a huge surprise. She could go in and challenge somebody like a Sasha Banks or a Charlotte or whoever's your champion at that time. Whether or not she wins, 
I think that bringing her back for that moment and elevating her into that proverbial main event scene would be huge for her. Charlotte was another dark horse that I had, but that all for me is dependent quite literally on whether or not she does come back before the Rumble. If she comes back before then, I don't see her winning. If you don't see Charlotte back before the Rumble, I think she could be the first two-time Women's Royal Rumble winner, the first consecutive Royal Rumble winner since, I think, Stone Cold in 97 and 98. Again... You know, a lot of people complain about it, but sometimes your big dog's got to run. She is the biggest dog in the women's division, and I think adding that accolade would be huge for her then, now, and forever, to steal a phrase. <laughs> well, for myself, for my dark pick, and you know, speaking of shocking the people, and I guess dark horses, you said horses or dogs? Um, I'm going to say that uh, my two dark horse picks... Um, Again, this might actually end up alienating me from a large portion of the wrestling community out there. Uh, I'm talking Nia Jax, and I'm talking Nikki Bella. Uh, if you want to have somebody to, to come back to kind of kind of explode some people's killer. minds. Um, yeah, that, those are my two Dark Horse picks. And who I see actually winning uh, the match, so it was actually your Dark Horse pick, Spencer. I'm talking about Bianca Belair. Um it took me a little while, took a little while for her to kind of grow on me in NXT, but then, you know, I started watching and I was like, I get it, right? You know, she's yeah. extremely talented. Uh, she has a, a unique kind of gimmick and character and yeah, I mean, she just, yes, she, she has star written all over her. She obviously has, uh, taken the time to train, um, very carefully in the ring. You know, it shows that you know, she, she knows how to work in there and she knows the, the character work. Um, yeah, they, they need to give her a significant push because, uh, quite frankly, she's earned it in my opinion. I, I completely agree. Like, by no means, when I say Dark Horse, are they the people that I don't like, don't want to see win, whatever on that. And I think Bianca, like, whether she wins or not this year, like you say, she's going to be a star. But I, I just, I, I love that return at the Royal Rumble. There are so yeah. few things in wrestling to me that are cooler than that. And I think when you've got the opportunity to not only bring back that one-time return pop, whatever you want to call it, but build in some long-term storytelling, really use it, use it as an opportunity to change someone's character, change their direction, add that extra layer, whatever buzzword you want to put on it. You're printing money for the most part. WWE's proven when they put an investment in people, they can get them over. It may have taken years, but it did it with Roman Reigns. It did it with yeah. John Cena. You know, will Sonya Deville be at that level if she was to be the winner? I don't know. Those are some pretty big <laughs> shoes to fill with those names that I brought up, but yep. it gives an opportunity. Every great name has a big return. You look at Triple H, Cena, Roman Reigns, all of them, and I think that this could be the latest. Yeah. Uh, before we take a quick break here, guys, let's go around one more time here. Surprise, like, out of left field, surprise uh, possibility, uh, like, somebody to show up and uh, do a little bit of something and then likely get eliminated, like a little surprise entrant. I'll start with you, Carl. Um, I'll give you a two. Okay. Uh, Marty Skrull and Santino Morella. Jesus. Marty <laughs> Skrull. Wow. Uh, okay. Uh, Spencer, what about you? Um, I don't know. I really don't. I've, I've been back and forth on it for a while, but Tessa Blanchard's been too hmm. quiet for the last little bit, and I could see her being a big name, making her way into WWE at that point. Um. As far as who could just be like a left field return, um, you know, they always seem to use a spot on a comedy gimmick. I don't think it'd be Santino because they did him last year or two years ago, whatever yeah. it was. They like to rotate him out. Maybe this year the hurricane comes back or my personal uh, favor the last little bit. Let's just bring back Gilbert. 
I, I love it. Great entrance. Yeah, Everybody will think it's Goldberg, and that guy coming through the door always makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a good feel, good one, uh, given what he's kind of gone through recently. If he could bounce exactly. back relatively quickly. Uh, for myself, uh, this is one that's, um, I guess, a little bit uh, more kind of a. Uh, kind of a, I guess a bit of a biased choice given that we've spoken to this gentleman before we became a podcaster, Carl, and um, he's actually been active a little bit on Facebook Live recently, and we were talking about Mr. Bushwhacker Luke. Uh, he can still go in that <laughs> ring. Uh, he's still working. And uh, come in, get thrown out, get paid. Now, now that you bring that up, I had another name strike my mind that I think would be absolutely fantastic. Gangrel's still killing it on the independent scene. Yep. I saw him wrestle last year and the guy tore it up. Why not bring yep. him back, especially if you can use it as part of a moment with Edge or Ooh. something like that Ooh. too, right? Yes. Yep. That'd exactly. be very, very cool. I was always a big fan of the brood uh, gimmick. It and uh, by my money, one of... Maybe not the best. The best is always hard to pick, but I would put the brood on my Mount Rushmore themes. I may yeah, be a dark horse yeah. for oh, a yeah. lot of people, but man, it's good. Oh yeah, that, nothing that, like the brood bounce. That that that, <laughs> that, 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 that brood theme is still one of my. That's in my top five favorite wrestling themes. Oh yeah, like when the New Day entered again two years ago on Halloween or whatever. Like mm-hmm. that's one of my favorite moments WWE's yeah. put out there in a long, long time. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, let's take a brief break here, and uh, we'll be right back. But let's hear from our friends um, over at Carl. Collar and elbowbrand.com. Fall is in the air. That means pumpkin spice lattes. That means pumpkin spice everything. Ugg boots, yoga pants. God, I hope I can fit into mine this season. Scarves. And baseball teams. Hoodie! Not yet, but soon. The metal team. No need for any cease and desist here. And hats. Stop by collarandelbowbrand.com today and get your fall drop immediately. It's fall, y'all. Collarandelbowbrand.com You'll be the coolest person in Starbucks whether you're wearing yoga pants and Ugg boots or not. In fact, I like to go to Starbucks without the bottoms on all the time and just wear my collar and elbow brand type shirts. I immediately get my coffee and go. So there we go. Our friend Al Snow over at CollarNelbowBrand.com showing up to Starbucks with no pants and getting his drink and immediately leaving. Um, and of course, he was uh, sporting a collar and elbow brand hat. Uh, I've seen that before. That's because Carl Carefell is wearing one right now as well. So I'll make sure. Always. Yes. Make sure you use our promo code JKPodcast at the checkout and get 10% off. Uh, I was just looking on their site again. Uh, they still have the the Shag Gaspar shirt up there and uh, they're still doing the uh, the 10% off. Uh, or sorry, no, the, the 10% of the, the proceeds going towards uh, his family uh, so still a good deal there I'm uh, really happy that that's still up so I'm going to check that out if you haven't uh, done that already Color and Elbow Brand has been fantastic mm-hmm. for that they've done this for uh, numerous people and numerous stars now yep. I mean we're looking uh, Shad Gaspar um, uh, Road Warrior Animal yep right and and, and most recently um, not Tracy Smothers mm-hmm. as well right so I mean like they are fantastic when it comes to uh, really helping out and giving back to the families of those professionals that uh, we watched and loved. So, and, yeah. And they even give you an option there to um, donate a little bit to the Cauliflower Alley Club as well, which is a really good uh, uh, cause there as well. So make sure and check that out as well. And congratulations to them on becoming a lifetime member 
of the Cauliflower Alley Club. Wow. I still have a hurt type saying it, too. <laughs> me, too. Me, too. It's almost as, it's almost as difficult as collarandelbowbrand.com. It's a bit, of a, bit of a mouthful. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's get to our next topic here, and let's switch over to some NXT stuff here. And we were talking about Mr. Pete Dunn saying that he can carry the NXT brand. Essentially, what I have written on our run here is he says he can carry the NXT brand, and is he right? I'm going to just start off with myself here before I hand it over to you guys here, because ever since I saw this guy, I believe it was in... If it was either the it was the, either a Dusty Classic or it was a Cruiserweight Classic, I think, where basically they were at the ramp, and I think Trip, uh, Triple H was there, and they were all kind of just standing there, and like he kind of went out of his way to kind of like stir the pod and really kind of make a scene there, and uh, you know Regal was there. I knew as soon as I saw that that this guy was kind of taking the initiative and kind of taking the ball himself and just running with it. I was like, this guy has potential to be something, and ever since then, like. <laughs> Like the stuff that he does is incredible. The, some of the the matches get a little bit long. If I were to, to criticize anything, but I mean that that that's that's not atypical these days. But I mean, could he run a, an NXT brand? Absolutely, he could, in my personal opinion. And uh, and he's still young, so he could do it for years. Um, I'm gonna pass it around here to you guys. Uh, how about you, Carl? Uh, what do you think about uh, Pete Dunne essentially being like the face of the company or the face of the brand? Um, I, I think you hit it right on the head there when you said he's young. Yeah. And I think that that would be a downfall. Hmm. Um, he, he seems very brash, mm-hmm. very cocky, and uh, very, very sure of himself, which is not always a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. Yep. But in this case, I think that it definitely is a bad thing where he is saying that he could run. I mean, even if he could fantastic but how long is that actually going to last before people get tired of it Mm. i don't think that it would be a large longevity type of situation we're looking at a short-term situation with pete dunn uh essentially carrying the nxt brand um and i think that his downfall is going to be that because he's still Young, And I know he's been working in the business for a while, quite a while. I think that that young, brash, cocky attitude would be the downfall. Interesting, interesting take um, on that. Uh, What about you, Spencer? Do you you think that Pete Dunne can make a run as kind of the, the face of the company? And would he do it? Kind of in, would he do it as a healer or would he do it as a a baby face? Uh, I guess that's kind of the conversation that we can have. Yeah. Um, short answer is yes. I mean, say what you will, and I know that as a North American-based podcast, we're going to have the bias to it, but sure. like, look at his work with NXT UK. The guy's already carried a division of NXT, right? Yep. And I know that there's maybe the bit of imbalance between that and what you'd call the traditional NXT, I suppose, and I get that. You've got a newer brand compared to an established product, but the guy was incredible. You know, that guy carried the title for, what, 530-something days, if I remember correctly. He took down some of the best of the best. His matches against guys like Tyler Bates. Those were epic, epic. Right, coming over and working as part of the tag team with Roderick Strong. His work with Riddle, proving he can carry a bit more of a comedic gimmick to him, right? The guys played a baby face effectively when he was starting out against the Undisputed Era, wrestling Adam Cole at Survivor Series last year. You know, he's a convincing promo, whether he's a baby face, whether he's a heel. And he doesn't have to say much, but 
I think that people talk about these great promos needing to be these grand verbio statements. You talk about Dusty Rhodes, you talk about Ric Flair, and yes, great promos, but it's all about the attitude behind it. It's all about the character yeah. that you're playing, right? You know, Carl, you say he's brash, he's arrogant, and when he's a heel, hell yeah, he is, and I think that's why he plays it so perfectly, but... I think he also does a great job as a baby face. That's evident in and of itself too, right? Even going up against Walter when Walter first came into NXT UK. Their match at TakeOver, yeah. uh, I want to say Blackpool, but I think, I think I'm so. wrong on that, so excuse me there. But their their first matchup where Walter won the UK title was absolutely money. By my money still, one of the best matches NXT UK's put on, and that is a list that is just growing and growing and growing. So do I think that he can carry the main roster of NXT or the main brand of NXT? Hell yeah, I do. And I think that right now they're, they're setting him up to, and I think that maybe there is a bit of a worked shoot when Pete Dunne says something like that. But by my money, you know, and we talk about Adam Cole potentially winning the Royal Rumble, I have no doubt that he's going to go far whether he wins it or not. I think they're priming them for a call-up. I think they're priming this, the brand or whatever they're calling that faction with McAfee and Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch. I think they're priming them for a win at War Games. It's nothing against Pat McAfee, but I don't see him being the proverbial stud of that stable. You no. know what I mean? He's a great pro wrestler, but um, you make the Triple H, Ric Flair comparisons with Evolution. Pete Dunne is Triple H, and as great as Ric Flair is, it's pretty clear who the leader of Evolution was, right? So yep. I think they're setting him up for sort of, you know, using the pro comparable, that sort of run, really establishing him as one of the faces of NXT. Maybe it is a shorter run, but that never hurt Keith Lee. That up until this point, you know, never really hurt Aleister Black up until the run up to uh, WrestleMania and following that. He was lights out. He was undefeated for about a year and a half on the main roster, right? So yep. it, uh, it ain't about how long it is. It's about how you use it. And I've yep. certainly never said that before, but... Um, <laughs> I think that there's a great opportunity for Pete Dunne, whether we think he can or whether we think he can't. I think coming up, he's going to get the opportunity to prove that he can carry NXT. By my money, using what he's done before, I think he can do it, and I think he can do it damn well. I like that the comparison to, to Triple H, you know, if you really look at Triple H's career, I mean, he was never really that necessarily that top guy. He was the foil to, to essentially put everybody else kind of over. And I, I, I could see Pete Dunne kind of getting into that role to where you and know saying he, that though like triple h was the first heel to retain a championship oh for sure WrestleMania. oh yeah <laughs> for sure for sure but yeah I, I could see him kind of almost kind of filling that kind of role over not only necessarily being the top guy but just making top guys just working with them and um and and i think that that, that could uh, potentially be the, the the spot that he goes into so, yeah, it'll be interesting to, to see how his career unfolds. I mean, I, I foresee only good things because, I mean, he's the guy that he's not just a yes man. Um, he, he, you know, you can tell like he kind of, you know, he goes to the beat of his own drummer, so to speak, right? So, will Vince necessarily like that? Maybe not, but, you know, Pete might be able to have the ability to just be like, you know what, old man, we're doing it in our way. So, we'll <laughs> see. We'll see if that'll uh, end up flying. All right, guys. Well, let us move over to. Let me uh, pull up uh, the graphic here. Um, 
Yes. Okay, here we go. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit of uh, New Japan. It's been a little while since we've actually talked about New Japan, but I figured we'd just touch on it briefly. Um, when we're talking, the uh, World Tag League has been uh, happening. It's been really interesting. Um, and just looking at the numbers here, you can see that uh, it's really close. Uh, this is pretty much still up for grabs here. Uh, at the top, we have a couple of very interesting names. We have Mr. Tomoru Ishii and good old Toroyanu at the top of the standings right now. Uh, I'm sure our friend Michael Jargo uh, is not really digging that. Uh, I love the the name rate right below that, Shingo and uh, Sonata, but it's it's literally, it's a one, two, three, four, five, six-way tie uh, right below that, uh, including Juice Robinson and David Finley who won last year's Tag League. You know, And then we have uh, Evil and uh, Tagahashi below them, uh, Folly and Chase Owens. Good to see those guys involved in Tag League, especially Chase. I know Carl's a big fan of uh, Mr. Chase Owens. And then Tanahashi and uh, Toa Hinare. Good to see him back as well, a uh, New Zealander involved in this tournament. It's a, it's a really interesting mix of characters that they have going on here. And it's a, been a really tight uh, tournament so far. Now, I know both of you guys aren't huge followers of New Japan, but what do you make of, of these names on this list here that, uh, that stick out to you? Go ahead, Spencer. Um, for me, it's just nice to see... Things have tightened up, you know what I yep. mean? I think that for years, um, not I think for years, for years, I really have only been a, um, when I'm told to watch NJPW <laughs> fan, you know yep. what I mean? If somebody says, hey, you have to check this match out, hey, you have to check out this storyline, whatever it may be, that's really when I'll tune in. Um, just as a casual fan, though, you know, it doesn't seem to me, um, or I don't seem to remember a, in, a, in a long time that it's been this tight in the tag league. You know what I mean? I think mm-hmm. that it speaks to, um, you know, I think a lot of people have their issues with how AEW has presented their tag division. I'm not going to get into that side of things, but I think if anybody's got their issues with AEW's tag team division, all you have to do is look at New Japan. They've had so many great teams come out in so many, yep. so many recent years, right? Like you can almost point to... You know, whether you look at the Good Brothers, whether you look at teams like Evil and Sonata, even a couple of years ago, last year, um, they're still here, but they're constantly able to change it up. We talk about the evolution of professional wrestlers and their characters when we're talking about the Royal Rumble. I think that um, New Japan is is very, very good at being able to do that while still giving consistently great wrestling. You know what I mean? For sure. Even just looking at a, a cursory look at the standings here. You don't have to know much to be able to pull that out, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how it kind of pans out. What about you, Carl? Um, what do you think looking at these names? And um, I know your boy Chase is down uh, a little low on the list there. And uh, But, you know, just given these standings, we're not that far away from the end of this thing. Who who do you see taking this whole thing here? Um, I mean, it's it's really interesting. I mean, considering um, what's the last tournament that they just had where Yano was up on top for for ever? Oh, I think and we're talking either the G One or the King of Pro Wrestling, which he actually ended up winning. G One, the G One, yes, yeah. Yeah. yes, which he didn't win. No, thankfully. Right, yeah. but everybody kept sitting there going, Yano, yeah, really, Yano, freaking what? Yano, he's yeah. what up at the. And then obviously he didn't. Right. Yeah. You know, he, Yano plays the 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 comedy type of uh, type of role and and, and yeah. act within New Japan. Um, Chase, I mean, and uh, and Bad Luck Fale. I mean, sure they're down on the list, but you got to look at that list as it's really not that far apart. Considering you you said there, that, I mean, you had six. Yep. Right. Like Bunched straight up yeah. six that were all at the exact same level. 
So technically, that means that they're actually like more like here, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I'm just I'm just pulling it, you know, <laughs> straws right now, trying to. They oh geez, I I, th- I think it's it's totally a. Uh, uh, lost on them how how good Chase Owens is and even Bad Luck Fale and I mean like Chase Owens and, and 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 even you know the rest of the members of the Bullet Club now really seem to be kind of overshadowed unfortunately still by um, you're looking at uh, like like the elite right and and all of those guys that were uh, that were in there so I mean it's it's hard it's it's very hard but. I mean, an amazing list of guys there. Juice in there as well. Um, uh, Finley in there as well. Like, I mean, yep. just so many names, and it's it's a it's a really nice eclectic mix of North American and Japanese that are all in there. So it's it's not as though they're only catering to you know the Japan crowd. Yep. They're actually catering to a worldwide crowd because of these North American names that are included within this tournament. So, yeah. yeah. Interesting that you mentioned Finley and Juice Robinson or Finjuice, as they like to kind of call themselves on the tag team. I have never done this on the show yet, but for those of you who haven't actually seen anything from New Japan Pro Wrestling, I am going to pull something up here for you folks, and I'm going to play a brief segment here, and this happened after their match. It actually just happened uh, earlier this morning, so uh, just enjoy this uh, promo for a couple minutes here. We've overcome worse things. We're gonna win this tag league. We're gonna go on to the finals. We're gonna win the finals. We're gonna go to the Tokyo Dome. And at the Tokyo Dome, we're gonna dethrone Zack and Tai Chi. That's the game plan. So who do we have left? Ishii, Yano, tough fight. We'll beat them. Then who's next? Goto, Yoshihashi, tough fight. But we'll beat them. Because there's not one single team in this company that is better than Finjuice. Nobody, not one single team. That's right. That's damn right. I said it last time. Whatever time we were in last time, I said that we were the best damn team in New Japan. And it's time that we start acting like it. Well, tonight, the lights were on bright here at Corkin. It was Finn Juice against the IWGP Tag Team Champions. And what did we do, Finley? We did what we said we were going to do. And we beat their ass. And it was our hands in the air at the end of the night. And they don't get any better than this. I don't care. Yeah, Ishii. You know, Yano. They're a badass team. But this is our time right now. This is our year. This is our time to go to the Tokyo Dome again and win it again. But this time, we are not going to cough up an L. No, 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 no. We're not going to cough no open L the first no time way. we defend him. This is our time to have our run. Yeah, you guys all talk about it all the time on the internet. Well, it's our time, goddammit. It's our time to show that we are the best. So there you go. A little taste of uh, some New Japan Pro Wrestling and a promo from... Uh, 
of course, um, Finley and Mr. Juice Robinson. Some good stuff there. Uh, those guys, of course, are the uh, the defending tournament winners, and uh, you make a very strong case for them uh, repeating. And I think that'd be pretty damn cool. Juice uh, has really excelled after escaping essentially from NXT and really kind of being held back there. He has done so well. You know, his time in Ring of Honor and now in New Japan, they love him over there. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I I love the fact that it's it feels like like an 80s style promo that's being cut and done it's 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 not necessarily long and drawn out but it's not necessarily super short and quick it's just kind of that happy medium that they have there and the emotion that's put into it and that's something else that i love about new japan is is that they kind of just allowed them to go out there and and just do it they don't script them they don't censor them. N- none of that. They just let them go out there. If somebody's going to go out there and say, I'm going to beat the shit out of you, yep. they let it go. Yep. And they just go with it because that's the pure emotion coming out of that competitor that just makes it even better. Yeah, absolutely. Some good stuff happening there. Um, just kind of uh, looking while we've been kind of doing the episode here, there doesn't really seem to be a whole lot of breaking news stuff. Is there anything that you guys want to kind of bring up before we move to our Match of the Week segment? Uh, any kind of breaking news you guys want to mention? Because I, I haven't really encountered very much this week. I'm Are dry. you sure? Yeah. What do you, <laughs> it sounds like Carl's got something here. So uh, that being the case... All right, Carl's got breaking news. What do you got, man? I I do. I mean, it's 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 a couple days old, and it's okay. it's unfortunate news. Um, we had a retirement that happened okay. within the world of professional wrestling, uh, a kind of forced retirement. Um, Jimmy Rave. So, uh, right. GoFundMe has actually been set up for uh, for Jimmy Rave. Um, Former ROH and TNA superstar, he had to have his arm amputated, uh, his left arm below the elbow, um, and after he actually suffered an infection. So, um, those of you who don't know, Rave used to tag team with Lance Archer yep. or Lance Hoyt. Um, in TNA, they were known as the Rock and Rave Connection, mm-hmm. uh, featuring Christy Hemi as well there for a while. And um, yeah, so it, it always sucks when 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 we when we see our friends and and people that that we that we we know and people that we've you know worked with at times have to go through such shit, such crap. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, we know everything happens for a reason. And no matter what, we're not going to be able to change those reasons. No. But I mean, there there is there is a GoFundMe that's that's been set up to help him out Good. with with costs and stuff. So um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's something unfortunate, and and I I hate having to uh, to kind of bring up those those bad news type of things. But um, I mean, yeah, sometimes we we kind of have to, and uh, that's unfortunately one of them. So. Um, well, you know what? Our thoughts are are always going to Jimmy Rave now. I mean, yep. that is uh, that's that's 
definitely where our thoughts are. So, well, you know, when I when I post um, the episodes, uh, you know, on Podbean and on so on, my, on social media, when I go to do that, I'll, I'll include the uh, the link for the GoFundMe in the description, uh, just to give everybody a chance to uh, to donate to that if they wish, because that, that's always something that we like to support, especially when something like that happens. That you know, we want to make sure and because. Uh, Pro Wrestling is one big family, and uh, you know we do play a bit of a part in that. So we do want to support members of our family. So we'll uh, definitely be including that in there to give you guys an opportunity to uh, donate to a very worthy cause. So we'll make sure and do that for you guys. All right, let us move on to our match of the week segment. All right, Mr. Spencer Love, since you are the guest this week, uh, you have the honors of having the first pick for match of the week. Excellent. One that I am very happy to have. Uh, there were a couple of contenders this week. Lots of great wrestling out there. Honorable mention to me goes to uh, Kevin Owens versus Jay Uso to close out SmackDown this week. I thought that was a fantastic match. Two guys just beating the hell out of each other. Yeah. Nothing better in pro wrestling. Uh, I also really, really loved the Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan match. It's just my personal taste. I didn't really like how it finished. I really love the storyline progression as far as what they're doing with Jey Uso and Daniel Bryan. Any win by count out by my money, you got to do something real special to make me love that finish. So that's it for me. That's the reason it wasn't my match of the week. <laughs> my match of the week this week, this week, excuse me, Kushida versus Timothy Thatcher on NXT programming. Mm. I loved it, man. I thought that this was great always around. Kushida's been lights out for about the last two or three months, and I really, really love the segments that they're doing with Tim Thatcher. I think that he's a guy to really, really watch out for in 2021. He's had a really, really cool 2020. I think that uh, pit fight or cage fight or whatever they called it with uh, uh, the artist formerly known as Matthew Riddle mm. um, was absolutely fantastic, and I think they're just really, really doing a slow burn, but he's primed for a big year next year. Interesting. But I thought that this was just a fantastic match. I thought it was really, really great how heavy they put over uh, not only Kushida overall, but uh, the fact that he tapped Thatcher out for a guy that is this catch wrestling specialist and is a catch wrestling specialist. For him to tap out really, really means something, and they've built it up in NXT to mean something. So Kushida winning via uh, tap out is absolutely huge. The match overall, I said it about Owens and Uso, but... Two great wrestlers beating the ever-loving <laughs> hell out of each other. It doesn't get much better than that, and I just think they did a great job of doing it this week. So there's my pick. Awesome. Great pick. What about you, Carl? Match of the week this week is coming from AEW Dark. Interesting. For those of you who don't know, you can watch free AEW programming on YouTube every Tuesday. They do not pay me to say this, so don't think that this is any type of, uh, you know, payment happening here. But, man, they give you like two hours and 45 minutes worth of professional wrestling. Like, start to finish is pro wrestling throughout the entire i mean no no there's a couple little commercials and there's a couple yeah. promos that happen in there but it's it's all build up and lead up to better and greater things on the actual programming but coming from AEW Dark we're talking Trent versus Michael Naka 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 Zawa! man alive anything that i see with Michael Nakazawa is is just fantastic, and then to throw Trent in there as well, Trent Beretta. Uh, if if you guys don't, maybe you know that name instead of Trent Beretta. Um, 
I mean, just just fantastic. And I mean, it, it blows my mind every time I see Michael Nakazawa wrestling. Uh, the guy the guy has that that whole like comedy to him, but he's he's very serious as well. And and, and it's it's really a weird mix that he's got going on, but he does it so freaking well. Yeah, for sure. A, a great pick. And uh, I've liked Trent Breda for quite a while, even when he was uh, in NXT. I mean, his tag team partner is is no slouch as well. Uh, they're absolutely great together. Uh, I've been a, a fan of the, the Best Friends gimmick, even when it was in ROH. And uh, throwing Orange Cassidy in it or just kind of like a little cherry on top, and I, and I, I enjoy that. So uh, for, for myself, my, my tip is probably predictably coming from New Japan Pro Wrestling, as you guys can probably tell. And it's actually coming from World Tag League, and it's actually coming from today. And actually, it was the match uh, before the promo that we played here. And, of course, we're talking about Zack Sabre Jr. in Tai Chi versus David Finley and Juice Robinson. Um, especially watching Zack Sabre Jr. and Juice Robinson in a match is a recipe for success for me. And uh, I like. Uh, I was a little skeptical of this character that Juice was doing now, but, I mean, he's highly entertaining in the, in the ring, and uh, whenever he's in there, uh, it's always good. Um, and for a change, you know... Um, my pick is in a match involving Shingo Takagi, so that's uh, something a little bit different as well. Because usually, when Shingo's in a match, it's usually a contender to be a match of the week for for myself. So, okay, guys, let us uh, move on to. Actually, you know what? You know, we have a little bit of time here. Uh, I know I'm maybe keeping you guys a little bit long, but let's just hear from our friends over at thechairshot.com first. Take a little bit of a breather, and we'll come back for their showstopper segment. TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. All right, guys. Let us move on to our final segment for this episode, the Showstopper segment. Okay, I am going to pull up the graphic first here to kind of set the tone. And we are talking this week on our Showstopper segment, our favorite, favorite, wow, even I, I can't talk, uh, favorite matches involving Canadian wrestlers. As you can see in the graphic, um, Mr. Lance Storm there. Um, let us start with, uh, with you, Spencer. Uh, what's one of your, I mean, we might go around a few times actually, but just off the top of your head, uh, what's one of your favorite professional wrestling matches involving a Canadian or Canadians? Well, I've got a couple down. I think I wrote like six or seven down, so I can <laughs> yeah. talk about them at varying lengths, yes. but... Um, one of my favorite recent matches involving Canadians is I will start with one that's not um, maybe like my favorite or maybe the most historically important or whatever you want to put there. But uh, one of my personal favorites involving a Canadian happened last year at SummerSlam 2019, Trish Stratus versus Charlotte Flair. Mm. I'm a I'm a Trish Stratus mark. There's no other way to put it. She was one of the few wrestlers that I really, really gravitated towards when I was watching in my uh my limited fashion when I was a kid, especially when you see someone like her who didn't have like the traditional professional wrestling story, didn't get into it as a kid, someone who really was like myself, you know, athletic, which I'm not, but um, didn't come from that traditional born and raised with pro wrestling story. 
I just gravitated to her right off the bat. And to be able to be there for uh, what was up to this point, her retirement match or her final match up to now, was just so, so cool for me. And the match itself, by my money, was the best actual match on last year's SummerSlam card. And I think that says a lot considering some of the matches on it. So uh, for personal reasons, that's one of my personal favorites. She was unique at her time because not only did she really have the look, I mean, speaking as a male heterosexual wrestling fan, you know, she's very easy on the eyes, but I mean, she could really work in that ring. And that was actually fairly rare at that time. You usually kind of had one or the other. You were either... Uh, I, I hate to kind of word it this way, but well, anyways, you you're either really good looking, or you sucked, and you sucked at wrestling, or you were ugly as sin, and then you could actually wrestle. So there was kind of like really no in between. But Trish was uh, definitely uh, you know bucked that trend. So uh, yes, definitely some good stuff. What about you, Carl? Now off the top of your head, what is one of your favorite matches involving a Canadian wrestler or wrestlers? Owen Brett WrestleMania 10. Uh, it's always going to be a standout for yeah. me. It just yeah, I mean, Owen won. Owen freaking won. Yep. <laughs> what? Owen yeah. won. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, just that excitement. And I still, even thinking about that match or rewatching that match, I still get that excited uh, when Owen wins. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what more I can say about that. That's, uh, that, that, that's it. That's uh, definitely a good one. Uh, we might go around more times, so you might uh, get another uh, pick there, Carl. But uh, mine is maybe one that wouldn't really come first to mind for a lot of people. But th- this is a match that uh, Carl has heard me mention more than a few times. So he's heard me mention this one before. But uh, we're going all the way back to 2016 at NXT TakeOver Dallas. And this match was actually the debut match for Shinsuke Nakamura versus Sami Zayn. Uh, I'm still four years later still talking about this match I still watch it uh, I've lost track of how many times I've watched this match it just it had the rare field the build up to it uh, involving really Regal was just really well done you know bringing Sammy up to the ring and, and then just that the, the, the match it just it's like they hit lightning in a bottle just it, it had an atmosphere to it that just it, it's I don't know exactly how you, it's not even something you can really replicate either you have it or you don't uh, it was just it was a, one of those matches where it just they it just I don't know. It's it's hard to describe into words, and then you know, Sammy being a Canadian, that's why it's my, my top kind of pick here. Is uh, you know, this is a match. Like I said, it's four years old, and I'm still talking about, it, and I still watch it occasionally. Uh, I mean, that's what more could you ask for in a, in a wrestling match involving a Canadian, yeah. <laughs> right? So, yeah, bang on, man. It's it's a good one. I know people are probably getting sick and tired of me. I know Carl probably is, but I mean, I still love this freaking match. I'm just gonna say it. I love this match. It's it's that good. What about you, Spencer? Do you have another pick? I do. I'll actually, if we're only going around one more time, I'll give the quick uh, one-line reviews for the rest of them here. So if you guys want to check out some of the best in Canadian independent wrestling right here, right now, people you can see in your own backyards on Backbreaker Media based out of Edmonton, Alberta here, you can check out a match from the Clandestine Society. Artemis Spencer, Michael Richard Blaze, and Brandon Van Danielson, by my money, three of the best of the best in indie wrestling right now overall. Check that out. Uh, 2015 at Payback, Tyson Kidd and Cesaro took on the New Day in my favorite tag match in recent memory. That was absolutely fantastic. You talk about WWE and maybe the way that sometimes, and rightfully get the criticism sometimes, that they don't pay as much attention to tag team wrestling as they should. This is evidence that they've needed to pay more attention to tag team wrestling for a long time because these guys killed it every single time they got in the ring. 
uh, generic El Generico versus Kevin Steen at Final <laughs> Battle 2012. Uh, Man, that is a hell of a match. Yeah. Stop what you're doing. Watch that match wherever you may be right now. Take off the money for time theft that your boss is going to charge you. Who gives a <laughs> shit? This is worth it. Yeah. Uh, the women's match at All In, Chelsea Green is my personal favorite professional wrestler out there. I was lucky enough to go to All In. So again, it's a, a personal favorite of mine. The two that I've got as, as my sort of status quo or the best of the best in Canadian professional wrestling involving a Canadian pro wrestler. Uh, it would have been three if you hadn't mentioned Brett Noen already, Carl. <laughs> uh, the two that I've got, though, uh, Roddy Piper versus Bret Hart at WrestleMania Whoa. 8. I think that that oh. is just a classic in any way, shape, or form. I go to bat every single time people bring up Roddy Piper as one of Scotland's greats. Hell yeah, he is, but that man is from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Yeah, man. Everybody remember that every opportunity you get, and the guy's an all-time great. Still There's my favorite. There's no other way to put it. Absolutely. And Bret Hart, like the guy could wrestle a broomstick and pull out a good match. So when you've got a great opponent, yeah. the magic that they worked were incredible. And then the other match that I've got that I still routinely will work into my schedule, I think probably about the same amount that you do with uh, Zayn and Nakamura, Joe. Uh, yeah. In Your House, Canadian Stampede, the Hart mm. Foundation versus Stone Cold, Shamrock, the Legion of Doom, and Gold Dust. Yes. This, again, for me, is just not only a great match, but we talk about at the start of this show how important crowds can be to professional wrestling. You talk about a hot crowd, there is nothing like a Canadian crowd. There is nothing like a Canadian crowd for the hearts, and there is especially nothing like a Canadian crowd for the hearts in the hearts' hometown. I think that this is just a perfect example of how great professional wrestling can be. Seeing the moment at the end where the entire Hart family comes out at the end, I think is just it. It tugs at the heartstrings, for lack of a better way to put it. You've heard pretty well everybody that is in the ring uh, has said that that was really the last time that the hearts were all together. So to have that moment, to have that match preceding it, that was a hell of an entertaining pro wrestling match. And I think, you know, everybody will speak to it, but entrances in pro wrestling are such an important part of the presentation. And watching the members of the Hart family come out one by one by one and every one of them get the reaction they did there's nothing cooler. There really is nothing cooler to me. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Do you have another pick that you want to mention, Carl? I sure do. Yeah. What do you got? Let's talk. Um, let's talk Chris Jericho. Hmm. Let's. let's talk yes. uh, Chris <laughs> Jericho and the rock. Ooh. Let's talk Chris Jericho, the rock and Austin. Yeah. And let's talk <laughs> very first champion. Who put the two titles together? Yeah. <laughs> Undisputed champion. I mean, for me, that's that's a huge moment that I I, I freaking love it, and and like it's it's amazing. It's going to stand the test of time. Joe's got something. What you got? Who else could say that they beat The Rock and Austin in one in the same night? No, right? No, exactly. I don't think anybody else can say that? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I I did with my wrestle buddies. Right. But um. <laughs> Like exactly, <laughs> and for for it to be a Canadian yeah. who did that, it just makes it even better, yeah. even right. better. Yep. 
for myself, to kind of end things off here, uh, I'll have one last pick, and mine is going to be extremely biased, uh, and is actually very local to, especially where Carl is. Uh, I grew up in the same town. So uh, my uh, my last pick for favorite match involving Canadian wrestlers is actually going to be, I believe it would have been from last year, if I'm not mistaken, uh, right, Carl? We were talking Vinny Da Vinci's retirement match versus, or sorry, Diego Da Vinci's retirement match versus his brother, Vinny Da Vinci, uh, for CWE in Sault Ste. Marie. Um, that's available on YouTube. You can go on uh, and check that out. Uh, excellent and a very, uh, very well done retirement match. Uh, they did a good job there. So, uh, and your our very own Carl Carfell is actually on commentary for that. So make sure and check that out. Some good stuff there. Okay, guys, like I said, about wraps it up here. But before we go, uh, let's um, go around the table to get some plugs here. And of course, you being uh, the guest here, Spencer, anything you want to plug? Uh, the floor is yours, sir. Well, thanks again for having me on, friends. Like, genuinely, it's it's always a blast to get to chat wrestling with you, whether it's offline, whether it's on here. It's always appreciated when you guys take the time to have me on. So thank you once again. I will plug you guys every chance I get, but we're on your show, so you're going to do that yourselves. Uh, as far as I go, you can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram to a lesser degree. Uh, Twitter is where I keep most of my action at. You can get me at Spenny Love. I love chatting professional wrestling with Joe, with Carl, with pretty well anybody in the professional wrestling sphere. Send me a message, reply to a tweet, whatever it takes. I'm happy to respond. That's pretty well the only place you can find me consistently. If you want to try me on Instagram, it is at Spenny and the Jets with two S, two S's, excuse me, on the end. But I am not hip, nor cool, nor lit, nor on fleek. So uh, Instagram <laughs> is not the easiest for me, admittedly. Twitter's your best bet. I don't add people back on Facebook unless I actually know them. So don't go there and stay tuned for the latest. Awesome. Spenny and the Jets. I like that. Uh, well, that's a good one. That's, that's clever, sir. Uh, it, uh, I'm the second most clever person to think of it. The guy with the uh, Spenny and the Jets with one S. I'll give him full credit. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, what about you, Carl? Uh, any plugs or anything you want to put there before we uh, call it an episode? Definitely. So that everybody knows, collarandelbowbrand.com. We showed their commercial. Just go and check them out. Use promo code JK Podcast. You're going to get 10% off your entire order. And with Christmas coming up, that's fantastic. If you are into working out, using supplements, anything like that, check out our friends at fnxfit.com. Use promo code TBTalkPod. You're going to get 15% off your entire order. Again, Christmas is coming. You need to keep those supplements up. You're not going to be able to get to the gym. You're going to be overeating. You're going to be overworking yourself, and you need those supplements. So go and check out what Phoenix has over at fnxfit.com. And for us as well, we have our own store. It's going to be open for a little while longer, uh, just so that everybody knows. We're probably looking about uh, December 15th. Um, so turnbuckle-talk.my shopify.com is where you can go and get yourself some turnbuckle talk merchandise we've got as you can see there joe has got the turnbuckle talk shirt on that comes in a variety of different colors we've got mugs we've got a hat there we've got a face mask um we got there's a sweater in there as well so if there's something that you're wanting to get for turnbuckle talk rep wear go there take a look and uh yeah that's about it. So what about you, Joe? 
Uh, that's really about it, man. The only other thing that I will uh, make a suggestion, uh, our friend Mr. Richard Bronson Vicker, of course, on a weekly basis, providing our intro. And if you uh, are somebody that is into food, make sure and check out hashtag RBV Fitness. Just wanted to throw that plug, plug out there for our friend Mr. Richard Bronson Vickery. All right, guys, we will see you on the next one. It's me, it's me. It's an order to be the beat. As you can tell in the background, we are out celebrating. That is what we do here at HittingTheMarks.com. And I invite everyone to continue to tune in to Turnbuckle Talk, but check out all of our other shows we have. You can find that all at HittingTheMarks.com. Run.